on the velvety dark nights of the Caribbean islands, an eerie hush descends upon the land, and shadows seem to come alive with the presence of faceless ghosts. These spectral entities, once living souls, now wander in the inky blackness, their unseen eyes fixed on the living. In the silence broken only by the distant whispers of the wind, the ethereal figures move with an unsettling purpose, sometimes gliding through the moonlit spaces between trees or emerging from the depths of the haunted past. Beware of the nights when the faceless specters of the dead roam, and on occasion, hunt for souls lost in the realm between the living and the dead. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we're discussing the Hoopia, ethereal spirits lingering among the Caribbean Isles with an insatiable inclination to seize the living. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmancarian at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. You said you wanted a real getaway, someplace secluded. So what could be better than a secret island? I mean, even the locals don't go there. And we won't be totally alone. Bodie, Jessa, and Alec are coming too. Logan rambled on trying to sell Haley on the idea which he thought was phenomenal. I said I wanted to avoid resorts and crowds. That doesn't mean I want to stay on an island that is supposedly cursed, even if I don't believe in curses. Haley shot back. What if by curse they actually mean snakes or lizards or something worse? She cringed at the thought as she tucked a wisp of blonde hair behind her ear. But Haley, just imagine, you can work on your tan without the tan lines, and I can work on my massage skills. Logan reached across the seat and rubbed her leg, only to have her knock his hand away just as quickly. What part of we can be friends do you not understand? Haley snapped and scooted closer to the passenger door. Logan exhaled a sigh of frustration and defeat. Awkward silence filled the cab. He reached for the radio, but took his eyes off the road for too long, almost hitting the dog that ran out in front of them. Damn it, Logan, watch the road! Haley yelled as he slammed on the brakes, slinging them both forward in their seats. They watched as the golden retriever stood in the middle of the road, looking at them like they were the ones in the wrong. Then suddenly, a young brunette in sweats came running out of the bushes and grabbed the dog by the collar. And that's why I'm a cat person, Haley mumbled. 
Logan rolled down the window and stuck his head out. Hey, I almost killed your dog, Jessa. Yeah, I saw that. Sorry, Jessa yelled back as she approached his window. He got excited when he recognized the sound of your car and yanked the leash right out of my hand. You're not bringing that dog, are you? Haley asked, prepared to argue, once Jessa was at the window. No, but I'm going to be gone for two weeks, so I wanted to spend some time with him until you guys got here. My mom is coming to pick him up later. Wrapping the leash around her hand, Jessa turned. Meet me at the house. And then she walked back through the bushes with her dog leading the way. Logan watched as she left, noting how he wished she had worn jeans or shorts instead. He was pretty sure he had been dating the wrong girl this whole time. But he had always had a thing for blondes. And Jessa was anything but blonde. A slap on the arm from Haley snapped him out of his ogling. Don't be a perv, and she's my best friend. That means she's off limits, even if we aren't dating anymore. She said in a huff as she crossed her arms and leaned back in the seat. They pulled into the driveway in front of the house as Jessa came out carrying a backpack and a travel bag. Looks like not all women pack everything in their closet. A comment that earned another go-to-hell look from Haley. Jessa opened the back door behind Haley and climbed in tossing her bags in the seat next to her. Where are Bodie and Alec? She asked after shutting the door. They're meeting us at the airport. Logan answered, scared to say more, in fear of getting slapped again. Good, because this back seat isn't big enough for the three of us, Jessa laughed. So tell me about this place you're taking us to, Logan. It's called Isola Maldetta, which means Cursed Island in French. I was getting a drink at this new Caribbean bar downtown when I ran into an old friend. He had grown up in the region. We had a few drinks and got to talking, and I told him how I wanted to take Haley to someplace exotic, but with less people. Then he told me about this place near where he grew up. It's a tiny little island, totally uninhabited, perfect for a quiet beachside camping trip. Don't leave out the best part, Haley said, her voice dripping with sarcasm. Jessa looked from Haley back to Logan, her eyes wide with curiosity. What, Logan? What's the best part? She asked when he didn't seem to want to reply. He says the locals avoid the place because they think it's cursed. But that makes it even better. It means no one will bother us. What do you mean cursed? Tell me more. Now I'm intrigued. Jessa scooted up in her seat as she grew more excited while Haley mumbled under her breath. Of course you would be. Logan sighed deeply before continuing. They say that the Taino people, who were the original settlers back in the 1400s or something like that, used to bury their dead there, and that their spirits haunt the island. The locals quit going there years ago because supposedly so many of them would disappear and never come back. They call the spirits Hoopia. Wow. And here I thought we are just going to hang out on the beach and get drunk, Jessa said jokingly. But now we get a full-blown haunted island with spirits of the dead that kidnap people or worse. Now this has turned from a vacation into an adventure. 
I can't wait. Haley sunk deeper into her seat and rolled her eyes. Bodie and Alec were waiting for them beside the front entrance to the airport. It was sheer luck to find them so quickly, being as the JFK was such a huge place. Alec's cheeks turned several shades of pink when he spotted Jessa, and she gave him a toothy smile just so she could watch him turn from pink to red. After parking the car in the long-term parking section, Bodie, with his infectious grin and athletic build, waved energetically at the others as they approached. Yo, Logue! You're looking way too serious for a tropical adventure, Bodie shouted, his tone lighthearted as he slapped Logan on the back. Logan chuckled. I was just giving Haley and Jessa a rundown on our mysterious destination. Haley rolled her eyes again. More like scaring me half to death with tales of cursed islands and spirits. Bodie laughed heartily, slinging an arm around Alec's shoulder. Don't worry, Haley. Alec here is our secret weapon against any ghosts. Ain't that right, Alec? Alec, the rugged and more reserved member of the group, nodded with a slight smirk. Yeah, ghosts better watch out for my brooding gaze. Jessa playfully elbowed Alec. Oh, please, your brooding gaze won't scare off a seagull, let alone spirits. Alec blushed, scratching the back of his head. Well, you never know. Maybe the ghosts like a challenge. Bodie, still grinning, turned his attention to Jessa. So, how about we ditch the spooky talk? and focus on more important matters. Like how stunning you look today, Jessa. Jessa blushed, a smile playing on her lips. Save the charm, Bodie. We're about to embark on a cursed island adventure. Focus. Bodie winked. Ah, a challenge. I like it. Logan gestured toward the entrance. All right, everyone, let's get going before we miss our flight. The group boarded their flight to Trinidad, a sense of anticipation lingering in the air as the plane soared above the clouds. The atmosphere inside the cabin buzzed with excited chatter and occasional nervous laughter, especially from Haley, who couldn't shake the unsettling tales of the cursed island from her mind. As they descended toward Piarco International Airport in Trinidad, the landscape unfolded beneath them, revealing the vibrant colors of the Caribbean. The airport, a hub of activity, welcomed them with a warm tropical breeze. Once on the ground, they navigated through the airport, exchanging currency and immersing themselves in the lively atmosphere of Trinidad. The scent of exotic spices filled the air as they sampled local cuisine, adding a touch of cultural richness to their journey. From Trinidad, they embarked on the next leg of their adventure, a boat ride to Isola Maldetta. The boat, weathered but sturdy, rocked gently in the Caribbean waves as they set sail toward the horizon. As the boat approached the secluded island, shadows danced along the shoreline. Isola Maldetta loomed ahead, veiled in mystery and surrounded by an aura of both beauty and foreboding. The group exchanged excited glances, their curiosity overcoming any lingering reservations. The boat gently docked and the group disembarked onto the untouched shores of Isola Maldetta. The golden sands stretched before them, and the dense jungle beckoned with an air of secrecy, 
the tropical afternoon embraced them as they set foot on the supposedly cursed island. The adventure had truly begun. As they stepped foot onto the shore, the boat owner, an elderly man with weathered features and a demeanor that hinted at a deep understanding of the island's mysteries, approached them. His eyes aged yet piercing, met each member of the group with a seriousness that sent a shiver down their spines. In a low, gravelly voice, he issued an eerie warning. Welcome to Isola Maldetta, where the line between the living and the spirits blur. The island has its own rules, and the echoes of the past linger in every shadow. Respect the silence of the night, for the spirits are said to roam freely. Venture with caution, for not all that moves in the darkness can be seen. With that, the boat owner retreated back to his vessel, leaving the group standing on the shore, the rhythmic lapping of the waves and the haunting warning lingering in the air. Well, that wasn't creepy at all, Bodhi said with a laugh, attempting to break the tension that lingered after the boat owner's ominous warning. Alec, ever the stoic one, couldn't help but glance around, his eyes searching the shadows of the dense foliage that surrounded them. Maybe we should take his advice seriously. This island looks like it has a story to tell. Haley, still skeptical about the entire venture, crossed her arms and shot Logan a disapproving look. I hope you know what you're getting us into, Logan. Logan, his adventurous spirit undeterred, flashed a reassuring smile. Come on, Haley. It's all part of the thrill. Besides, what's a little mystery in paradise? Jessa, always up for an adventure, chimed in with a grin. I think it adds to the charm. Imagine the stories we'll have to tell when we get back. Then, throwing her backpack over her shoulder, she took the role of leader. Let's go find a place to set up camp. Bodhi and Alec grabbed their bags and followed, while Logan tried to pile as many of Haley's bags on his arms and back as he could. I told you not to bring so much stuff, Haley. He complained, but Haley wasn't listening. She was staring farther off down the beach, where she saw a woman standing, with long white robes billowing in the wind. So much for this island being uninhabited, she spoke. What are you talking about? Logan grumbled as one of her bags tumbled to the ground landing on his foot, eliciting a curse. There's a woman over there. She pointed in the direction of the figure. I don't see anything, Haley, and it's too soon to try and freak me out. So why don't you help by carrying some of your own crap? Logan barked, ignoring her claim, brushing it off as a joke. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. 
When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. The Hoopia is a legend among the Taino peoples indicative of the Caribbean islands of Cuba and the Bahamas. Centuries old, the Hoopia are a frightening horror story still spoken of today. The more you learn about the history and culture of this amazing country, the better you'll appreciate the time you spend there. The Tainos once populated most of the islands of the Caribbean, including Jamaica. Long before Europeans took over those islands, the Taino people lived there, Sadly, the Taino people were made extinct, starting when the Spaniards began to enslave them. Their culture, language, and customs still influence the Caribbean to this day, and their DNA can still be found amongst their descendants that still live there. The Taino didn't have a written language, but they did have an elaborate culture. They grew crops including beans, yucca, maize, sweet potatoes, and more. They knew how to extract cyanide from the yucca plant and even made pepper gas to use during the war. Tainos utilized a natural medicine to treat their people. The Taino people had a rich culture that included art, music, dance, and storytelling. The Taino believed in ghosts, and not only those of the dead, but the living. They believed that even a living person can be a ghost. This is relative to the spiritual energy that some people have. The very strong, either good or bad, can manifest into a spirit. The evilest of which are known as the Hoopia. Once released, it is assumed by continued evil deeds, the Hoopia will possess a hapless human. In this form, they can live and eat. Hoopias are a race of supernatural creatures who were once humans who died and have been brought back as undead. According to Taino's spiritual beliefs, Hoopias, the ghostly spirits of the deceased, were distinguished from Goaz, the spirit of the living that is thought to be inerrant in each person. While a living Goaza possesses a defined form upon death, the spirit is released and transforms into a Hoopia, residing in a distant earthly paradise known as Koei Bay. 
In Taino mythology, hupias were often depicted as spirits of the dead who would come back to the living world to take revenge on those who wronged them in life. They were also believed to be able to kidnap babies at night, which made them a frightening figure in the eyes of the Taino people. Hupias are believed to be able to assume many forms, such as owls, bats, and humans. In human form, they could always be distinguished by their lack of a navel. Hupias were also associated with bats sleeping and hiding during the day and coming out at night to eat guava fruit. Though Hupias do not eat flesh or crave blood, they are dangerous. They are rumored to abduct those who wander out alone at night, and legend has it that they will use a human form to seduce women. The most terrifying thing about an encounter with a Hupia is the unknown, not knowing where they will take you or what your fate will be. They can reveal their true form by their will, which is human in appearance, but lacking a face. The Hupia are blamed for all crime and evil doing in a region, which includes rape and kidnapping. The Hupia, having never been truly human, take on all human traits to excess for the pure experience of whatever they do. Some even state that the Hupia were sent by the devil to torment the world. It's further said that once they have been caught in human form, they leave the poor human to justice prison, or death, with the victim having no knowledge of his transgressions. The Hupia move on to another to possess. But justice will come to the Hupia, for it's said that at Judgment Day, God will condemn the Hupia back to the infernal regions of Hades. The Hupia are much stronger than humans, and can empower them and rip them apart if they feel the need. They are superhumanly fast. Their speed has been described as animal-like. Hoopias are similar to ghosts and have the ability to make themselves invisible to humans. Being undead, they are practically invulnerable, and not only do they not age, but are immune to diseases. Hoopias can only be killed by decapitation with iron. Though the Hoopia are said to be the spirits of the dead, others claim the Taino people believed the human spirit passed seamlessly to the hereafter and that the spirits of the dead, interpretation, was the result of Christian missionaries imposing their theology upon the legend. In the novel Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton, Hoopia are suspected in a rash of attacks on infants and other people in rural Costa Rica. They were described as night ghosts, faceless vampires who kidnapped small children. Later events showed that the real culprits were dinosaurs that had escaped Isla Nublar. Though Hoopias are not well known in popular culture, their stories and the Taino culture is well worth remembering. They inspire the culture of the Taino people who are long gone, but not forgotten, to live on. Jessa led the group to a picturesque clearing nestled between ancient trees. The air was filled with the sweet fragrance of tropical flowers and the ground was blanketed with a lush carpet of moss and vibrant ferns. Late afternoon sunlight filtered through the dense canopy, casting dappled shadows on the verdant floor below. The clearing seemed like a hidden sanctuary, shielded from the secrets that the surrounding jungle held. In the center of the clearing stood a circle of weathered stones, remnants of a forgotten era, hinting at the island's mysterious past. 
Jessa, drawn to the mystical energy of the place, deemed it the perfect spot for their camp. The stones formed a natural boundary, as if guarding the secrets of Isola Maldetta. Do you think those are graves? Bodhi asked no one in particular. They do look like markers of some kind, Alec noted, his voice carrying a subdued tone. Could be graves or remnants of a long-forgotten ritual site. Haley, feeling a chill run down her spine, tightened her grip on the edge of the mossy rock. This place is starting to feel more like a burial ground than a campsite. Logan, trying to maintain a sense of optimism, chimed in. Maybe they're just remnants of the Taino people's ceremonies. We should respect the history of this place. Jessa, despite her initial excitement, couldn't ignore the undercurrent of unease. Whatever they are, we should be cautious. The boat owner did mention the island has its own rules. Bodhi, always the one to lighten the mood, attempted a joke. Well, as long as no ghost decides to join us around the campfire, we should be fine, right? Jessa laid out a patchwork of colorful blankets on the mossy ground, creating a comfortable and inviting space. Nearby, Alec arranged logs for a campfire, its warm glow promising both light and a sense of security in the encroaching darkness. A small crystal clear stream trickled nearby, its gentle murmur adding a soothing undertone to the evening. The group could hear the distant lull of the ocean, a constant reminder of the island's isolation. Surrounding the clearing were towering trees with twisted branches that seemed to reach toward the heavens. Vines hung gracefully from their limbs, creating a natural curtain that partially veiled the clearing. From the surrounding jungle, the symphony of the night sounds, crickets, frogs, and the occasional call of nocturnal birds filled the air, creating an enchanting ambience. As the group settled in, the moonlight danced on the surface of the stream, and shadows played on the moss-covered ground. Hey, let's tell some ghost stories after we eat, Jessa suggested, wanting to take advantage of the eerie atmosphere. I mean, what better place than an island with ancient stones and a history shrouded in mystery? The idea resonated with the group, and a mix of anticipation and trepidation danced in their eyes. Logan, grabbing a few provisions from their supplies, added, Sounds like a plan. A little spooky storytelling under the moonlight. What could go wrong? Haley shot him a skeptical look, but a small smile played on her lips. Bodhi, ever the jokester, chimed in. Just as long as we don't accidentally summon any spirits, I hear they're sticklers for accurate ghost stories. Jessa, arranging the gathered provisions for a makeshift feast, laughed. Well, if the spirits want to join us, they're more than welcome. We're just here to soak in the atmosphere, right? With the campfire crackling and the shadows deepening around the ancient stones, Logan took the lead in sharing the first ghost story. As Logan began his story, he wove a tale that played on the theme of lost love and vengeful spirits. The story unfolded in the setting of an isolated island, much like Isola Maldetta where a jilted lover's ghost sought revenge on those who dared to underestimate the power of a broken heart. As Logan settled into the role of storyteller, the flames of the campfire cast dancing shadows on his face, enhancing the eerie ambience of the ancient clearing. 
the group's attention fixed on him as he began to weave his ghostly tale. Legend has it that a long time ago, on an island much like this one, there was a forbidden love affair. A young woman, Isabella, fell deeply in love with a sailor named Marco. Their passion burned like a flame in the night, but fate had other plans for them. Marco, driven by the call of the sea, left the island, promising to return to Isabella. However, the sea is a fickle mistress, and as months turned into years, hope waned, and rumors spread. The islanders whispered that Isabella had been abandoned, left to mourn her lost love. Heartbroken and betrayed, Isabella couldn't accept the reality of her situation. In her despair, she turned to dark rituals and sought solace in the forbidden arts. Desperation and heartbreak twisted her soul. And in the end, Isabella's love transformed into a vengeful force that lingered on the island. They say, on nights like this, when the moon hangs low in the sky, Isabella's ghost roams the shores, seeking the companionship she was denied in life. But beware, for her spirit is as unpredictable as the sea itself. Some claim to have encountered her, a sorrowful apparition who preys on those who underestimate the power of a broken heart. That was probably her ghost you saw on the beach earlier, Haley. However, in his attempt to scare Haley and the others, he managed to strike a nerve with Haley. The tension between them lingering from earlier escalated, and Haley abruptly stood up, her expression a mix of anger and disappointment. I can't believe you'd say something like that, Logan, Haley snapped, her voice cutting through the night. Without waiting for a response, she turned and stalked off toward the beach, her footsteps echoing in the quiet of the jungle. The group sat in stunned silence, the mood shattered by the unexpected turn of events. Jessa exchanged a concerned look with Bodhi, while Alex glanced at Logan with a raised eyebrow. Feeling a sense of responsibility, Logan hesitated for a moment before deciding to follow Haley and smooth things over. He walked briskly through the dense foliage, calling her name as he ventured toward the beach. Minutes later, Logan returned to the campfire, alone, his face etched with confusion and concern. Guys, I can't find Haley anywhere. She's just gone, he admitted, his voice tinged with a mixture of disbelief and anxiety. Bodhi laughed out loud. Good one, Logue. You guys had this planned, didn't you? Logan, caught off guard by Bodhi's laughter, shook his head emphatically. No, I swear I didn't plan this. Haley's really gone. She was upset, and I think I went too far with the ghost story. She really thought she saw someone earlier. Jessa, concern etched on her face, interjected. This isn't a joke, Bodie. If Haley's disappearance is real, she wouldn't stay out there alone in the dark for this long. We need to find her. Alec, the skepticism fading from his expression, added. Yeah, making light of this won't help. Let's search the beach and the surrounding area. She couldn't have gone far. Let's split up and stay in pairs, Logan suggests. We can't afford for anyone else to go missing. 
Jessa nodded in agreement, realizing the gravity of the situation. Good idea. Alec, you come with me. Bodie, you team up with Logan. We'll search the beach and the surrounding area. If you find anything, call out. Let's stick close together and be cautious. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, Bodie quipped with a playful grin. Jessa rolled her eyes but couldn't suppress a small chuckle. How about we focus on finding Haley first and worry about our activities later? Bodie, ever the joker, raised an eyebrow. Oh, come on. This is the perfect setting for a little adventure, don't you think? Jessa shook her head, both amused and exasperated. Our friend is missing, and you're thinking about adventures? Bodhi shrugged, the mischievous glint in his eyes undiminished. In the face of the unknown, humor is my coping mechanism. Plus, you guys might as well make the best of a spooky situation. The pairs fanned out into the darkness, each set of footsteps creating an echo in the stillness of the night. The moon hung low in the sky as they navigated the paths of Isola Maldetta. As Alec and Jessa scoured the beach, their flashlights illuminating the shoreline, the rhythmic sound of waves crashing against the rocks added to the eerie ambience. Alec, typically reserved, focused on scanning the area, his concern for Haley evident in his determined gaze. Meanwhile, Bodie and Logan ventured into the heart of the island, the dense vegetation closing in around them. The air was thick with humidity, and the foliage seemed to harbor secrets, whispering tales of the island's mysterious past. Bodie, maintaining his lighthearted demeanor, couldn't resist making a sarcastic comment. Who knew our tropical getaway would turn into a search and rescue mission? Remind me to thank you later, Logan, for the thrilling vacation. Bodie quipped, trying to inject levity into the situation. Logan shot him a half-smile, appreciating the attempt to lighten the mood. Let's just find Haley. You can thank me by not making any more jokes until we're off this island. As they continued their exploration, Bodie's flashlight suddenly flickered and died. Darkness enveloped them, and Logan called out. Bodie, did your flashlight die? No response. Logan fumbled for his own flashlight, his fingers shaking as he illuminated the area where Bodhi had just stood. To his shock, Bodhi was nowhere to be seen. Bodhi, this isn't funny, Logan called out, his voice echoing through the jungle. But the only response was the rustle of leaves in the night breeze. Bodhi had vanished leaving Logan alone in the heart of the mysterious Isola Maldetta. Panicking, Logan didn't know what else to do but run back to the safety of the campfire, hoping to find Jessa and Alec. Logan's heart raced as he retraced his steps, his flashlight cutting through the darkness like a desperate beacon. The jungle seemed to close in around him, each shadow taking on a life of its own. The distant sounds of the ocean became a haunting backdrop to his hurried footsteps. As he burst into the clearing where the campfire flickered, relief washed over him momentarily. Jessa and Alec were there, their worried expressions turning to surprise as they saw Logan emerging from the jungle alone. Logan, where is Bodie? Jessa demanded, 
her voice tinged with concern. Logan, breathless and shaken, tried to find his words. I don't know. One minute he was with me and the next, he was gone. It's like the island swallowed him. Alex's gaze bore into Logan. What do you mean, swallowed him? Are you saying he disappeared? Logan nodded, his throat tight with anxiety. First Haley, then Bodie. I thought maybe they went back to the camp, but I couldn't find either one of them anywhere. Wait a minute, Alec eyed Logan suspiciously. You were the last one to see them both. What are you trying to say, Alec? Logan asked, taking a step toward him. Stop! Jessa yelled, stepping between them. It's this island. I have felt it ever since we got here. She intervened, attempting to diffuse the mounting tension. Alec, now is not the time to accuse each other. We need to stick together and figure out a plan. If there's something on this island, we'll face it together. As the group stood in uneasy silence, Jess's gaze fixated on the darkness beyond the campfire's glow. Two shadowy figures emerged, their silhouettes resembling Haley and Bodie. Relief washed over Jessa momentarily, but her relief turned to horror as they drew closer. Haley? Bodie? Jessa called out cautiously, her voice wavering with uncertainty. The figures continued to approach, their movements unnatural and unsettling. As they stepped into the light, Jess's eyes widened in terror. Where their faces should have been, there was only an empty void, a featureless expanse that sent shivers down her spine. No, 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 Jessa whispered in shock, stumbling backward. Before she could warn the others, Logan, driven by desperate hope, dashed toward the approaching figures. Haley! Bodie! he called out. Jessa's voice caught in her throat as dread tightened its grip. Logan, no! They're not them! But it was too late. The faceless figures reached out with spectral hands grabbing Logan and pulling him into the darkness. Jess's scream pierced the night as she witnessed her friend being dragged away, his desperate cries echoing through the jungle. The night grew darker as Jessa and Alec, now paralyzed with fear, stood in the haunting silence that followed Logan's disappearance. The campfire, once a source of comfort, now danced with eerie shadows casting doubt on their understanding of reality. As they strained their ears to hear any sign of their friends, a distant, otherworldly howl echoed through the jungle. What do we do now? Alec looked at Jessa, fear beginning to overtake him. Gathering her thoughts, Jessa turned to Alec, her expression a mix of determination and fear. We can't stay here. We need to find a way off this island. Whatever happened to the others, we can't let it happen to us too. Alec nodded in agreement, his eyes scanning the surroundings for any sign of danger. The remnants of the campfire's glow illuminated their path 
as they cautiously moved through the dense vegetation. Maybe there's a boat or something on the shore. We can try to signal for help, Alex suggested, his voice filled with a mixture of hope and uncertainty. Jessa considered the idea, realizing that their chances of survival depended on escaping a Sola Maldetta. Let's head toward the beach, but stay alert. We don't know what's out there. The old man, weathered by years of navigating the unpredictable waters of the Caribbean islands, steered his boat towards the secluded shore. As the boat gently bumped against the sand, he noticed something unusual, an eerie stillness that seemed to envelop the once serene island. Securing the boat, the old man disembarked and scanned the surroundings. His experienced eyes quickly noted the absence of any signs of life. No footsteps in the sand, no voices echoing through the jungle. The air hung heavy with an unsettling silence. Approaching the spot where he had dropped off the group a week ago, the old man found only remnants of their presence. Abandoned camping gear lay scattered on the sandy ground, a silent testament to a presence that had vanished into the mysteries of Isola Maldetta. The old man's gaze fell upon the remnants of a long, cold, burned-out campfire. Its ashes whispered of a night filled with tales, laughter, and warmth. But now it stood as a solemn memorial to a journey that had taken an unexpected turn. Despite the apparent emptiness, the old man's weathered face remained stoic. He had seen the island's mysteries claim the curious and the unwary before. The legends of the Hoopia had lingered for generations, and Isola Maldetta had a way of leaving its mark on those who dared to venture into its depths. Without a hint of surprise, the old man sighed and turned back towards his boat. He knew better than to expect answers from an island that held secrets dating back centuries. The legends whispered in the rustling leaves and danced in the moonlit shadows, leaving the fate of those who had stepped foot on Isola Maldetta forever shrouded in the enigma of the Caribbean night. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.